Yo, yo, what's up? This is the Babylon Guest Podcast. I'm the Base 187. I'm the Jeff Fingers. Charlie X to see. Yo, and today we'd like to welcome into studio journalist, um, creative founder of the I Am Creative Agency. Welcome, Raisa Fisher. Thank you for having me and thank you for waiting for me. That sounds fashionably late. So late. I I am so sorry, but I that, am very happy to be here. Now, that's actually the reason why we don't, we never say, like, we're going live at a certain time. Because shit mm. happens. You know what I'm yes, saying? Yes, it does. Oh, we can swear. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a no-holds-barred uh, podcast. Uh, and that's actually why I wanted to come on here, because I loved what you guys were doing. Oh, and so I, was there, so I was like, hello, can I please come? Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah, sorry for the delay. We were trying to get things going in Women's Month, but yeah. it's covid I did stick up his head over yeah, here. I was also really busy with the. I had I am mm. had its own women's month interview yeah. series. Yeah, so it every Monday I decided to take upon the anxiety and interview <laughs> women yeah. um, in different industries and stuff like that. Mm. So that also took up a lot of time and energy and stuff. So I probably wouldn't have been able to do anything mm. else. <laughs> I think let's let's start as always. I, I would like to get to know the, the 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 woman behind the mic. You know, give us some uh, just a um, previously uh, as to who you are and where. How did it come about? You doing what you're doing for a living now? Okay. Well, I I think when I when I was younger, I always just used to write these little stories that was like Kathy and Mark. So obviously, like my profession. Um, in my personal capacity, as I'm a writer and mm. an editor. But then I decided I was going to study journalism, not to become a journalist, because I knew that I would never survive in that cutthroat industry, but only because I realized that there were so many other things that you could come from there. Because I attended um, CPUT, and that course basically offered you like everything from writing court and crime, creative writing, being on the radio, how mm. to write for radio, and all that sort of stuff. And like put you in so many different sort of um, elements of the media, of journalism and stuff like that. And that's what I really liked. And from all of those sort of things, like when I graduated and got my degree in journalism, I wanted to like dabble in different things mm. so besides like i mean i've always loved um local um hip-hop mm. um not only just like in terms of music but in terms of the different elements and stuff yeah. like that i've always been like attending all of the events and stuff like there was nothing that could keep me away and but in Seeing that, like that wasn't even the part that made me want to help them. Mm. Um, I think one, I first I started to get more experience. So I did some PR with um, Ogilvy. Um, I did PR with Red Bull. I did um, writing for like all the sort of um, newspapers, Cosmopolitan magazine, um, all that sort of stuff. And then I, when I was doing PR for the Red Bull BC one, I actually had to look after, in inverted commas, look <laughs> after the Ninja Turtles, mm. which was the only Cape Town breaking crew that made it into the Red Bull beat battle um, in that specific year. I think that might be like nine years ago or something yeah. like that. 
And I was just so amazed at these guys, like, seeing what they're doing and thinking to myself, okay, but, like, where's the representative? Mm. And, like, wh- where do they go from here? And all of that sort of stuff that after the... So I took them to interviews and I had to, like, prepare them for interviews and stuff like that, tell them what to say and what not to say. Mm. And that's how I got to know them. And then when it came to the... After the competition was done, I think they came third that year, um, I went up to them and I was just like, okay, so what now? Like, who's Mm. who's your manager and stuff like that? And they were like, oh, we don't, you know? Mm. They didn't know, like, which way. They were just like, this is just what we do. We just enter competitions. If we win, we win. We don't win. Mm. Like, that sort of thing. (laughs) So when they, and then a few weeks later, I got a message on Facebook from um, Curse, people with the Curse. And he was like, hey, I'd like to take you up on that um, offer to be manager. I didn't offer, but Mm. I just suggested, I just. Said that you guys actually yeah. should think about becoming that. And then from there, I realized they didn't have CVs. They didn't have bios. Mm. They didn't have anything written that when people asked them for things, they had nothing. So at that time, I was busy with I Am Magazine, which was a South African hip-hop and culture magazine yeah. um, online. And then I took them under that and I used that as a platform to uh, write about them, to have people know more about them and mm. stuff like that. So from there, it just kind of just kept going. Like it wasn't just with them. Then it became other type of dancers. And then suddenly it was in all different elements and stuff like that. And it went from like the DJ helping people and just normal people coming to talk to me to ask me like little pieces of advice. And then I just couldn't stop. <laughs> I just couldn't stop and um, I, I don't think that I will ever stop and then so I've been doing this independently for like I said next year will be like 10 years mm. but um, with the agency um, I recently just decided to create an agency um, using my skills to have people like whether you are a creative individual, whether you are an entrepreneur, um, you don't have to be a creative, whether it's a startup or anything like that, mm. to just kind of like help them build themselves up, whether they need a CV, whether they need a bio, whether they need business plans, proposals, any type of proposals, um, funding letters. I also do a little bit of knowledge of self, like how to value yourself in the industry mm. and mm. stuff like that because I think it's very important for creatives to to really um, respect themselves and especially when it comes to getting paid but especially just like to know your worth in general and media media presence how do you how do you do do you do that as well like like social media presence and, and for, for other people for artists and stuff yeah like, that. like I do I um, if if that's what they need me to do I so a lot of people have approached me and wanted me to be the sole manager but. I feel so like I can't be one person's manager because mm. there's so many people that need these sort of assistance. So yes, I do like your social media strategies and stuff like that. So like at the moment, also I do, I'm a mentor for the Baskets program at the Waterfront. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Okay. So with them, what I do is exactly what I do within my company. Um, and I was so fortunate that they actually like picked that up 
Um, so they, they contacted you? Or they you? contacted oh, wow. me based on like what I'd been doing because my uh, my sister, she was, or she is a graffiti artist. Mm. So I started like doing client liaising for her and then I just kind of like, it, it was spread out to like different people and stuff. So she did like a piece there yeah. and then they were like, oh, but what do you do? Like, And then I explained to them and they were like, okay, we really need your help. So I went to the buskers and that's like, Portrait artists to the marimba bands to mm. the singers to the living statues, you know, that bronze guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. the silver yeah, guy, yeah, like yeah. those sort I of like people. Yeah. yeah. So now what's happening because of the um, pandemic, these people are having to find alternative revenue streams. Mm. Um, it's also a matter of like your mental health, like how to deal with this sort of stuff because. It's it's a depressing matter, yeah. and mm. in the entertainment industry, it's kind of hectic. And then also, just to like help them find ways of just to get back on their feet, you know, basically. So that's what I've been doing at the moment with them. Yeah. So I sit and I do the social media strategies um, because a lot of people don't know about Instagram, don't know how to use it properly, don't know how to use Facebook and all that sort of stuff. I'm just advertising their work on WhatsApp statuses the whole time, just like the same target mm. market. So, yeah, I I do, I dabble. In <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a bit of a two-pronged question here. Yes. Obviously, you were traditionally trained in journalism, which um, meant terrestrial print media, uh, magazines and stuff. Mm-hmm. which a lot of them don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So when you started off and the transition now into the digital age, um, how do you see those media houses still being able to exist? Well, I'm a purist. Mm. So my thing is without them, I wouldn't be, and yeah. a lot of us wouldn't be where we are today. And I think that's something that infuriates me is that the people who are starting these online blogs and stuff and just think that anyone can be a writer mm. um they really need to understand that you actually they comes like all these little steps of being like you need to be yeah. taught different things the yeah. intro the what the second paragraph the subheading and all this sort of stuff there's a way in which people can write in which you draw people in and stuff like that. So that's a little bit frustrating for me. But at the same time, like, I like to see that these sort of um, print media and stuff like IOL and, Mm. you know, all that sort of stuff, like, even, like, even though they may be moving away from print and stuff like that, they're not giving up the fight and they are willing to take on the online, yeah. you know, and roll, stay roll the in existence, which is really, really important. Mm. I think the other thing that um, Jeff Bezos, when he, when he bought um, the Washington Post, it was failing and then he took it all over and basically steered it into a more um, online presence. Yes. And it's it, it's not all successful, so it can be done. Basically, yeah, it can, especially now in the time that we're mm. living in, in the world of emojis and stuff like that. Mm, mm. We we I mean, but that's the thing. Mm. People have had to think out of their comfort zone, you know, and that's where we're at now. So even with like these creatives and stuff, that's what I'm having to do with them to teach mm. them that, you know, yeah. you were you were you were comfortable. You were comfortable where you were. You thought you knew that, and you thought that was it. Yeah. But here we are in an uncomfortable position. What are we going to do now? Yeah, I think also like with in today's day and age, people are used to consuming media in short. Uh, so you have your thirty second 
um, 40 second TikTok videos, which is like palatable to a lot of people because they want something quick and fast. But now if you're looking at you doing a three to four page article in a magazine spread and we're doing a long, long format podcast, it's like there's not necessarily, there will be some of the old school that will gravitate towards actually listening to a lot of content or reading a lot of content. Of but then also the current generation is small bits. It's like they don't want to read too much. It's like yes, too much of an effort. Yes, they don't want to read too much. And mm. the beauty of a podcast is that like you can clean the house and the podcast can play in the background. Yeah, you know what I true. mean? So you can just play it wherever you are, you know? Mm. So that's also really cool. Yeah, we actually had some requests to go into Restream for an audio-only podcast because this is currently a video cast. Mm. Yeah, we, we, we're setting it up. Uh, our esteemed colleague there is going to... But then uh, the other part of that is like with you teaching people... Um, how to handle social media, are a lot of these individuals aware of the fact that like, when they have Facebook rants, et cetera, or beef, et cetera, how it can actually affect their brands? Beef? Mm. The, well, yes. Mm. So one of the things that I try to do, like also in knowledge of self, is also like how you represent yourself to um, in a professional capacity. And that mm. doesn't only mean like when you're talking to somebody that, for instance, you want to be sponsored by or whatever but just in general like which battles to fight and yeah. stuff like that the the beef like i think that is something that some people just thrive off, yeah. you mm-hmm. know what i mean and there's nothing that we can do about it but um in your own personal capacity you can decide do i want to mm. do, is this a, a a fight i want to get into and have the whole world sit with popcorn and watch me now or yeah. am I going to be the bigger person and address it via a DM or mm. whether I should even address it at all? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's a, that's a slippery slope. Now. I get 100% what you're saying, but when it comes to, to social media and your presence, I feel personally you have to give a bit more of yourself right. and not a fake version. Like 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 I immediately think I'm thinking of... Um, remember, uh, what's his name? Um... Um, DJ Khaled, huh? yeah. to comment was net positive. Yeah. To all of a sudden to 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 say album could do to carry up a rent. It's like, dude, what are you? Doing? <laughs> so so he wasn't himself yeah. the whole time. Mm. So uh, for me personally, and I feel that we shouldn't just be like pawns for 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 for, for big companies, man. No, we should we should we should. But for my days, I think by the carpenter beer. Yeah, so mm. obviously it's been sold. Mm. It's been sold already. Um, where people don't want to say, I was going to say, like, dude, it's so unhappy because the, 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 the sponsors, like, so let me say, dude, I would rather not have a sponsor. Yeah. Mm. And be myself. Yes. If if I would have a sponsor, I would I want the sponsor to be in my core, not a version of, of you know what I'm saying? Yes. I, I my people, like, like say, say, um, Ice Cube, well, Ice Cube, mm. you know what I'm saying? When we, and I think we've lost that in hip hop where people are just authentically themselves mm. because it's kind of mm. take over. These sponsors we have said they can't die, they can't uh, uh, Black Lives Matter me support it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now it's, no, it's a favorite, mm. a favorite thing, whatever. But there's gonna come a time where your sponsors gonna say, "Dude, no, I think no. quite a, quite a few people have actually lost sponsorships because of it." Mm. And yes. it's, gonna, it's, like, it's not a bad thing, really. I think also like with that sort of thing in your responding and stuff, there's just a way that you word it. Mm. You can say whatever you want to say, but the way that you word it, that's like really that's true, important. Yeah. And also another thing is the truth is actually one of the, telling the truth and being like honest and stuff is actually one of the reasons why people come back to your profiles. 
You know what I mean? Why they want to mm. keep up to date with you because they know that you're not scared to say your say. And with that also, when it comes to like sponsorships and stuff like that, if your sponsor doesn't like who you are, mm. because even, and I'm not saying that if you go out and you have like a whole swearing rant and yeah. everything and you're very umbuskof and whatever, mm. um, obviously your sponsor's going to have a problem with that. But if they drop you, then maybe it's just meant to be that you're supposed to get another sponsor yeah. or somebody that understands that will allow you to rant because maybe that's who you are. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what, what advice would you give like um, people that are currently trending now on social media? Um, if I'm just, for example, looking at Sloan, Saloni is a professional athlete. She's a dancer with the thing Intimative. Mm-hmm. And she just secured the bag with a Spotify deal. Yes. So the girl with a long blonde ponytail. Okay. So yeah, she's dope for me. It's like, and it, but it's like, how do you maintain that? Because things come like in the ebb and flow in the industry. So you might be today's hottest topic, but how do you maintain that? Um. Well, I think it's for me, if I was mm. somebody who represented her, First of all, like, I don't really know yeah. who she is, yeah. um, but big up to her for, like, what she's doing and I hope that she does maintain it. The thing about that is that I would speak to her and, you know, it's all about just always going back to your foundation. Like, always remembering, like, what it is that you wanted to do. What was the end goal here, you know? So you've done this. Maybe you somebody who sits... Uh, sort of challenge for yourself every three months or mm. something like that. You know, there are different things. Um, it's the same thing like with um, strategies and stuff. Yeah. As an artist or um, whatever you want to call yourself, however you see yourself, um, there are different ways that you can keep your creativity alive, mm. you know. So that's up to her to to do something. If she wants to do that, um, yes, there's that route. Yeah. But there's also other things like if, the, say, for instance, it's downtime with work yeah. and she's not busy or whatever, mm. then she needs to maybe create like a challenge, a 30-day challenge or whatever. Mm. That also keeps people still, because now she's doing something in a personal capacity and she's actually being herself. And people don't only want to like see her maybe as just like a dancer or mm. whatever. They also just want to see her as a person too. So, okay, um... Just coming back, it's like one of the reasons I wanted to ask you this, having gone out of journalism, your family is very prolific in terms of the performance arts, visual arts, um, as well as print media. So how does that how typical household look like? It's like, how's the journey been thus far for <laughs> you guys as a family? Okay, so, uh, well, so obviously my family is mm. full of creatives. Um, I don't think anybody has a... <laughs> 95 job for a few years now yeah. um so obviously i do what i do and my dad he's um very much he's a consultant now but he was yeah. very much in the print media and stuff like that yeah. my mom she loves to cook and i think she might be starting some sort of food um cult somewhere <laughs> on facebook <laughs> or whatever and then my younger sister she is an artist she's a singer yeah. Um, and she also has her own little radio thing going. And then my older sister, she is a graffiti artist. So how does the household look? Um, nobody knows what anybody's doing <laughs> on any day. <laughs> like every day is mm. kind of different. But I think we don't know a day um, this 
if not one day is the same. Yeah. And if one day was the same, we would hate it. You know, there's a lot of books. There's a, a lot of, we definitely need Wi-Fi because mm. we're always reading up on stuff, always doing research and everything. Mm. Um, always, um, so one thing about my family is that there's a lot of local love. Yeah. We, so when it comes to like, oh, Emma Adams is doing a virtual concert or whatever, my dad's buying the tickets. Mm. You know, this one, he's coming up here. My dad, like they, they, my parents, and I think that's where we got it from also because, yeah. Um, and also where my love for just local music and musicians and the arts and stuff like that came from was from him because he started the um, Cape Town Festival mm. and they used to have like an annual um, thing in March. I forgot what day it was. Concert in the Park? It was a concert in the Park, but it mm. was something for something specific. I forgot what it was for. Um, but... Every year they would do that and all these different artists and I just absolutely loved it and we mm. all would just like love it and then eventually like I got involved by being somebody who's liaising for the artist. My other sister, she would be painting there. My other sister, she performed. Mm. Um, my mom is there as, I don't know if she made the food or whatever, <laughs> but you know, and my, my, my dad, he, mm. that was his, his baby, you know, mm. stuff like that. So the, the the household of um, the fishes is very very um, mm. creative. Like it's it's a lot of expression. Yeah, the, uh, people have a lot. Of, there's no there's no muzzles. Yeah, people say. What no, they I think say. I was I was blessed enough to have been there in 2012 when I was busy with Nod with uh, the Kotex We Beagles campaign. Yes. And I remember the Friday your dad and Tessel bought some fish and chips. And I was like, yo, these dumb days look at fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I was just a quiet setup there. Yes. So um, what's the other part of your of your agencies as talent management? What's the wildest thing you've come across, like working with clients? Wow. I think that we... <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like wild or whatever... Mm. Okay, besides, the f so there's two things that really like come to mind right now. And the one is that the person that I am most of the time liaising with is usually some sort of headless, manic Karen or whatever, <laughs> running around, not knowing what's going on. Mm. Like she's doing her job is to liaise with me and make sure that the artist is, you know, getting mm. whatever. And it's usually... Uh, I say her because I've dealt with the majority of females. And they are usually just, because of the powers that are above them, they mm. are tripping out and they're tripping balls. They, if they can't get something right, they are in so much cuck. And that's why they push and they push or whatever. So they usually like don't know if they come or going. They never sleep. They're probably <laughs> on cocaine or doing some sort of drugs or whatever. But they are in a world that I don't know if they know that they exist in. But dealing with people like that is mm. very hard. Um, but also very eventful, I might say. But then on the other side, I've, I've dealt with a lot of divas. People who, you know, for example, if you are... If somebody says to you, yeah, can you be part of this program or whatever, deals with mentorship, um, etc., whatever, then you say yes to it, but you're not willing to talk to the people <laughs> as a mentor. You just want to kind of like let mm. your, 
I don't know, your art or whatever just mm-hmm. speak for itself, you know, yeah. but you're not willing to stand up and do like a workshop or oh, okay. whatever. So it's just like, no, I don't do stuff like that. I don't I don't do interviews. I don't do that. Ooh, so yeah. But your your perspective is very interesting because you ask you can ask an artist like what what is the interesting need for, for us to grow but I think your perspective is from a different point of view so what in your in your mind what do you think should be put in place for artists to 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 to, to reach the target market or, or or survive better especially after covid what what, what do you would you say would be would be beneficial I really think that, that that a lot of the most of the reasons why artists feel that they cannot speak openly and stuff like that has got to do with like certain mental health things like mm. also like being really shy, getting really anxious, getting too anxious. You know, they can't stand up in front of people, let mm. alone just sit like as we are yeah. sitting. It's too much. At, um, the door is closed, um, the, the curtains are closed, where's the exit and stuff like that, you know? Oh, okay. uh, so stuff like that, like artists mm. really go through and that is why the artwork is so like, um, when I say artists, I mean like whether it's dance or, um, you know, Visual painter or whatever, yeah. whatever mm. it may be, um, these people have anxiety too, you know. So for them to actually come up and talk about like this sort of stuff, or even to to liaise with a client and to actually go into say to say, um, actually I need fifty thousand rand and that mm. is my service, my my rate or whatever. They can't even do that, and then I have to be the one to to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it would be really nice if there was some sort of like ways of giving them, um, um, how do you say, um, sort of tools to deal mm. with the anxieties and stuff like that or to make them feel more comfortable or whatever, whether it's be like uh, find out the things that are that like closest to them that make them feel comfortable. It's okay, you can bring your teddy bear, you can, <laughs> what's your like favorite it. drink or mm. your, your snack, like your comfort food mm. or whatever, do we need to bring your bed in here? Like those sorts <laughs> of things will, yeah. will really like make them mm. feel that um, they can do it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm, I'm thinking of, of um, weirdly enough, I'm thinking of um, the cricket team or even the rugby team. They would have like head doctors. Especially the the cricket team because mm. so so maybe something like that should be should be implemented for for the artists as well. But it makes sense to have a professional in to, to yeah. Keep them. And I think like when people like look at therapy and stuff like that, you know, like I was speaking to um, somebody, um, my husband and I were went for supper, and they were speaking about like how the generation like in my parents' generation, having sort of like mental health issues or whatever, that was a white person thing, yeah. you know? And now, like, I myself is somebody who has been diagnosed with anxiety and depression. So when I told my parents about it, it was something that they kind of had to like reprocess their mind, like mm. go back to the motherboard and sort of like, you know, solder something in there. But the thing oh, yeah. is, like, they, it, it, it was... Um, it's really something that it's a, a generational curse, mm. I would say. Yeah. You know, so these sort of things um, need to be addressed more mm. 
in in order for um, people to feel that they are okay to speak mm. about it. You come here and to be like, hi, my name is Raisa and I'm actually very nervous. I'm sweating balls mm. and um, I'm just going to do this interview under the table yeah. because this is where I feel most safe Can't and not yeah. feel like you're going to look at him and be like, you, that's weak. Mm. Like you are weak, but yeah. there's something wrong with you. You're not looking down on the person or whatever. Yeah, but instead be like, mm. cool, if that's where you want to do it, then that's where you want to do it. Yeah, I think the taboo and the stigma needs definitely needs to be removed because it's becoming more prevalent um, in today's, with, with it also with the advent of social media, it's coming more to the fore and I remember at one stage people were like saying, yeah, but everyone wants to get on the depression train. Well, I'm also depressed. <laughs> but that, that is the reality. It's like you can't speak yeah. for the next person if you're not going through it's that person's like, struggles. It's also like, so what if everyone's yeah. depressed? True. <laughs> like, yeah. let them be depressed yeah. and let them say it. But it's different. Um, society is different now than it was mm. 30 years ago, man. It's yes. the food we eat. It's the air we breathe. Yeah. Is the, the breathe is different. Yes. So you can actually say a lot of people, more, more people is, yeah. is, is the answer. We're fucking going through a pandemic. Exactly. Mm. No I must tell myself that every day, if one day I can't get out of bed or whatever, I must tell myself, um, you're in a pandemic. There's a virus killing people out mm. there. People are just dying every day. And it's kind of feeling like normal that you're just yeah. hearing that people are dying. Yeah, I've been saying this now for, for probably a year and a half already. I need to get somebody in to speak about not the different factors, man. Like your hormones yeah. is a is a is a <laughs> is a known factor factor mm. for depression and stuff like that. Also. Yes. So I want to get somebody that actually knows it, man. Yeah. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because it's also like so. your your brain, the the chemicals in your yeah. brain mm. as well. They, um, that's where like mood stabilizers, antidepressants and stuff like that. And people have such a negative, there's such a negative stigma attached to that. Also, you know, like, oh my gosh, you're going to go on medication like mm. that. It's going to make you um, like sort of slow and soft and like not mm. yourself or whatever. But that's not so true. Yeah, it's like stabilizer. Like it's, but it's not. Yeah. It's really not like that. Yeah, in the 90s it used to... Like I'm talking about not personal experience of myself, but what I saw, man. People. But were even if it was about yourself, that's okay too. Yeah, <laughs> you're just saying. But I just want to be make it clear. <laughs> now, but I do, I do take like anxiety uh, so sometimes. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I try not to keep that one as a, as apparently by addictive man. Yes. So mm. I, I try to monitor. But in the '90s, when I saw people people being on stuff now, where they medicated, they would be like fucking zombies, man. Mm. But nowadays. It, th- so science has, has, has moved forward, man. Yes. So it's not like they're going to overdose you nowadays. Yeah. Man. It's more like, like yeah. they make it for you personally. Like yes. To, to match your, your... And they are specialists, you mm. know. Um, back in the day, you guys... Okay, I say you guys. <laughs> but, you know, I'm in my early 30s. So oh, <laughs> Oh, yes, this is young one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've heard that, um, I mean, you guys weren't like offered, I'm sorry for saying you guys, because I don't know, even know, you could be like 21, but 16, um, people <laughs> people who are like my in my parents' generation, for example, yeah. they didn't have those sort of like specialists and stuff like that. It was just like, take a Bernardo if you're feeling depressed. Mm. What's a dom? Take a dope and swing it off. Use Vix. But but just uh, coming back to the artists, man. Um, I wanted to say that, like, how do you how do you how do you change an like an artist's perspective, man? Because what you see on TV, like, just just think about this, or what you see on media, none of that shit is true. 
like how the life is actually is as an artist is way different True. than what is pro- like portrayed, portrayed on, yeah. on on TV. So Sorry. like how do you how do you it's like almost expectation versus reality, man. Yeah. Mm. And then at the end of the day, most artists can't cope with that because this is not what they signed up for because they they saw a certain picture, man, about how this lifestyle is. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. have so many chicks. I'm gonna have so many cars. I'm gonna have this. Yeah. I'm gonna have this big mansion. That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah. So so like. What is your advice for artists, man, out there that uh, 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 still has this this picture or this idea mm-hmm. or this expectations of of what the scene or what this lifestyle is actually about? I think that my my answer would be or my answer would be more directed to the people who are dealing with the artists because it, human beings just want to be heard. Mm. You know yeah, what I mean? True. We just want somebody who can listen to us when we have a problem. We don't really need you to tell us how to solve the problem. You know what I mean? Mm. So when it comes to like artists, when it comes to being like a manager or a representative, mm. a client liaison, or just somebody who, you know, approaches artists and stuff like that, the first thing that I feel that they need to do is actually just get to know who the hell this person is. What are the things that they are comfortable with and what are the things that they are not comfortable with? Um, What are the things that they are willing to do and not feeling comfortable about and stuff like that? Like, it's not... Like, you can't force people into doing something that's not who they are. Mm. Um, So, I would say, like, for me, for example, I'm, like, a natural empath. Mm. So, if you tell me now... You have a problem. I'm gonna be like, do you want to talk about it? Like, mm. and I'll really mean it. Like, I'm the type of person who, when I say how are you, I actually really mm. want to know how you are, mm-hmm. and I will sit and I will listen to you, whatever. And I think that that's something that I have to offer. That's maybe different to what mm. other people other people look at. Like, oh, you know, being a manager it means that you, you know, you get mm. to go to all the parties, the events, you get mm. guest lists, and blah blah blah, whatever. But I'm more worried about what is my artist okay before mm. he goes on the stage yeah. or before she actually does anything. Is she okay? Does she have enough water? Is she dehydrated or mm. whatever, you know? So I think more like get, get to know the person, speak to them, give them the opportunity to also speak to you. Um, that's because they just want to be heard, basically. Mm. So give them that. But opportunity. don't you think that Dangas are that whole um, thing where you said expectation and, and reality, mm. um, where artists uh, fake it till you make it? Yeah, but then it's also then it's also um, 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 you know fake it till you make it. But then it's also the depression that that follows with that man. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So <coughs> like me, like like your bra, I was as like I, I was almost there, man. You see, so like I had to pull myself out of that dark corner and just say, "Nah, bro, you did, you're doing this for a reason." Doing what? Because like I'm, I'm a rapper, dancer, a uh, okay. producer, podcaster, so, podcaster as well. So, <laughs> like, okay, so, so <laughs> for me, like you have literally no time for yourself. Okay, mm. obviously now with mm. pandemic shit's different, but you have no time for yourself. You have to work constantly, otherwise you're not gonna make any money. Yeah. You're gonna constantly have to be on the grind, and then that's the truth about this. Yeah. Because the lifestyle you you you're choosing, or the lifestyle you're showing out there for, like you know, for this means is mm. actually it costs a shitload amount of money, mm. <laughs> and not everybody has that money. Can I, can I be well. honest with you guys? Mm. When uh, a couple of years ago, I went through a s- not deep depression, but a like a stuck depression. I, I I had deeper depression already, 
I was working for a radio station, earning like money, but the work I was do- doing wasn't satisfactory to me. It wasn't create. I get a full can make self assessment. I need to be under um, mm. an umbrella. I need to so to get a certain thing like I say. And that actually made me more depressed. When I left there, my brother just skill. Yeah. So I elevated now. I'm full. Even though I wasn't, I'm not making the same money, but I'm still. Mm. I feel freer, man. Mm. You know mm. what I'm saying? That is also important. I think that just to like answer your question from like an artist or like an artist, whoever I am, person, um, it really is also up to you to make the suits. And I can speak for myself. I have days like that where I feel I look at my to-do list and I just go straight to bed because that is... It's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's something that you think, oh, I actually can't deal with that today or whatever. Now, with the sort of thing like with the society expecting certain stuff from you and where you feel maybe overwhelmed or you feel like maybe not, like, and you can't tell somebody, that mm. is a little bit on you because you should also be able to stand up for yourself and mm. to be like, I need a mental health day. You know, I need one day and where you just need to stop and you need to rejuvenate yourself. Yeah. You need to go to maybe mm. a place that you feel just, you know, you can relax. Um, even if it's just for a few hours, but you need to, for your own sanity, like in life. And I'm not just talking as an artist, as a human being who works every day or tries mm. to pay rent or whatever. You need to take the time to just take one day. One hour, two hours, whatever the time is that, because everyone's different, to just give yourself that opportunity to be like, I'm putting my phone off, my laptop's over there, I'm going for a walk, whatever it may be, you know? So you also have to take control of yourself and make that decision for yourself to be like, I need this time, I'm just going to walk away for a little bit. Nope, sorry, not dealing with that now. I'll be back, you know? Mm. Oh, wait. Anything else, Saints? No, I'm good. I'm good. No, no. All I'm good. good, all good. So, yeah, we'd like to thank Raisa for coming on board. Yeah, thanks thanks for, for doing this. Um, thanks dropping, for this dropping this knowledge on us. <laughs> yeah, I think I think your your presence in, 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 in the industry is not important, man. Mm. Uh, I'm a kind of artist, obviously. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Somebody needs to guide guide the artists and, and, and steer them in the right direction. So your presence is very needed. Thank yeah, you. and it doesn't come from like a selfish perspective. Mm. It's not a self like you get you get a lot of people right that try to help artists, but by helping themselves. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Me, yeah. is, it's about me. It's not about the artist. Yes. And then, yeah, but, but at the end of the day, there is some obviously some form of monetary transaction that takes place. But at least it's not coming from I'm gonna jack you or whatever the case. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if there is mm. any like monetary transactions, mm. I really try to give everything from the full consultations to actually just like the part of me that's empathetic mm. and then also the actual service of what I'm about to give you yeah. and then give you just a really big, beautiful box of like wonderfulness <laughs> that you oh can wait. take oh called my service. Oh wait, where can people get all of you? Okay, well, I am on, um, personally, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, um, Raisa Fisher, R-A-I-S-A-F-I-S-H-E-R. Um, and then the, um, I am the agency, it has a page on Instagram called I am dot a creative. And then um, you'll find they are like, you know, all those action buttons, email stuff and whatever. You can DM me. I always tell people to DM me because... You know, I like to speak to people. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Så er det, ja, bare for mig, der babbling is. Vi er god. Peace. Ah, netop peace, Mr. Fingers. Hvad? You're only going here with a peace. No, no, like I'm DJ Fingers. Of oh, no, jeg må betale ikke for det, man. DJ Fingers. Okay, peace. Peace out. Drak ikke noget.